my name is Todd Adams. My name is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. It seems like we haven't uh, done this in like two weeks. That's because we taped two shows in one week because you had to travel for five days. That's right. So now I'm back. So we're going to talk about three different things. One is public humiliation of one's children. Which we've seen a lot of on the internet lately. Yeah, we have some examples to share. Uh, Two is why yelling in your household is bad. Yes, how it affects your kids. How it affects I mean, your it kids. affects you, but how it affects your kids negatively. That's right. And then last, um, I'm going to tell a story about me getting mad at Cameron and saying to her, Cameron, this is ridiculous. And it had to do with walking to school. Yes, I played a role in that as well. I was a little frustrated. Are we going to talk about this cleanse? And we're going to talk about a little cleanse that we're doing. I don't... Um, well, first, let me talk about our partner, Helping Hands Made Services, and they got something uh, special going on. Well, they have this thing. I actually just posted it on our Zen Parenting page. Okay, They're having good. this competition where um, you send in or write on their Facebook page. So you have to like them, Helping Hands on Facebook, and write a um, like a uplifting cancer story or a survivor story mm-hmm. or just you know something a story you experienced. And then they are going to have a little, is it a competition? Yeah, a little contest. And then um, whoever wins gets two free house cleanings. Well, one is for their own house. And one is for? Um, they have a whole other group of people who have cancer who don't have the ability or the strength to clean their own house. So they go in and clean their house for free. Awesome. So it's, it's awesome. So like their page. And then if you have an inspirational story, put it on their Facebook page and maybe you'll get a free house cleaning out of it. For you and somebody else. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Right. So. Um, you talked about the cleanse. Yes. Here's my thing about the cleanse. Okay. Um, what's the difference between a cleanse and a diet? Well, a diet is for weight loss. A diet is like a changing your way of eating so you the, the intention is so to the lose intent- weight. And plus, I think the cleanse has an ending to yeah, it. Yeah. This cleanse that we're doing is 10 days. But don't diets have an end to them too? Well, so it's that's really about- the thing about diets is the reason that they don't work, in my opinion, is that you change the way you eat significantly. You right. know, you count your calories or your carbs or whatever kind of diet you do. And then all of a sudden you lose your weight and you go, okay, I'm done. I mean, except for some that are pretty amazing, like Weight Watchers and a few others that help you maintain. Right. Many of them, it's very difficult to keep that up for a lifetime. So why are you doing this cleanse? Well, I did one last year this time and I found that even though it's not the easiest thing to do for many reasons, I found found that once I got through it, I had some understanding. First, I had better mental clarity when I got through it. I actually did a lot of body work at the end of my last cleanse and had kind of a mental and physical and emotional detox. It was really great. And also just to, you know, it's going into fall. It's really nice to clean your system of things that your system does not need. Like all the garbage you that, down. all the garbage that we ate and drank this summer. Exactly. And yeah, all the heat and all the stuff we need to get rid of, you know, because basically I'm not, I, the cleanse I did last year, which was wonderful, but it was difficult for me in the foods that I had to eat because they all had to be warm. It was an Ayurvedic cleanse and it was, again, it was great, but I don't eat those kind of foods that much. This one is a whole foods cleanse, meaning we can eat all fruit, all vegetables, all nuts, all beans. Um, so that's what we can eat. And I'm kind of doing it with you. Actually, I'm not kind of. I am doing it You are doing it. Day three, man. And day three out of day, out of 10 days. And so far, it's good. You got a headache yesterday. Well, which is the part that I don't like going mm. into a cleanse is... See, I didn't get a headache, which tells me that I am a superior... <laughs> Uh, person being yeah being. because what we're giving up is sugar sugar gluten gluten um caffeine caffeine dairy dairy i think that's about it booze well yeah alcohol but that's not really on our radar oh, i drink every morning we do not um i and have a red eye 
every morning. Um, a red eye is a coffee drink. Not no, a, a red eye is a boozy drink. It is? Yeah. It's a like, red eye is also a coffee no, drink. No, I think a red eye is like tomato juice with an egg in it and booze. Oh, well, I think there's also a red eye coffee drink where it's like, it's, it's, I can't say it, espresso? Espresso? Espresso. Espresso in coffee. I usually, think that's a red usually eye. you're the one helping me with pronunciation. I know. I know. But so my point is, is that the things that are probably most difficult for me to give up are the gluten, the dairy, and the, um, and also meat. We're not eating oh, meat. Yeah. But see, I don't eat meat. So that yeah. doesn't really affect me. This is me. not easy for me. No, but you're doing great. Yes. You're, you're saying it's not easy, but you've gone three days and so you're far, doing So far, so good. Right. Yeah. So we're just kind of searching for ways to, um, find kind foods to eat that we can't eat because the funny part is is I don't cook. Yeah. So I'm like saying, hey, Todd, do this cleanse with me. Here's some cucumbers. Yeah, Whereas cucumbers and hummus. I've been the- eating a lot of cucumbers and hummus <laughs> the last few days. And I'm on this cleanse with a group of people and I'm getting these emails from these people and they're cooking these wonderful meals and I'm thinking, oh, geez, I'm kind of missing a piece of this. And not to mention, that, like you said, I was not well yesterday. I mean, I had a really bad headache and I don't know if that's withdrawal from caffeine because I don't have that much caffeine, but hey, and or if it's a sugar withdrawal, it doesn't matter. I didn't feel good. All I can tell you is I didn't get any headaches. I know. And I don't drink coffee. So maybe if you removed coffee from yes. your diet, things would be better. And see, these and are also the- save us the $3 a day that I you know. get from Elijah's. It just makes me happy. Yeah, happy and, and bad. Well, is it bad? Yes. Okay, well. Because it's $3 a day. Three, yeah. $3 a day times seven days is $21. So anyway, that's great. Times but four weeks, that's uh, $84 a I month. know, on my self-care, on my well-being. There you go. Um, All right, so let's ditch the cleanse. Well, wait, talk. I just wanted to say one more thing. Uh, I wanted to say that I feel a little bit like light and floaty today. You are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Things may be a little more clear or less yeah. clear. Well, just floaty. I just feel floaty. That's all. That's the only word I have is I kind of feel well, like you I'm... use the word floaty when the girls drink out of your cup of water and then they <laughs> put the, they just don't, the kids don't know how to drink out of cups of water yet. Yeah. So they'll like be eating their sandwich and then they'll drink a cup of water and then all the floaties will be in there. That's not the kind of floaty I mean. I don't mean food floaties. Oh. I mean like light, airy. So it's like, it's like I can hear better. Mm-hmm. Is that funny? It is a little funny. I don't know what, what's going on, but so... And I don't mind the floaties. And I'm talking about when your kids... You drink the food floaties, and that's your... It's not that progress. I want to do it, but it's such a... You know, it's like a long walk to the kitchen. It's like 15 steps. I know. To dump it and then to start over. I'm willing to dump those floaties. I know. You are anti-floaty. I am. What about all you listeners? Do you guys Are you guys <laughs> anti-floaties or pro-floaties? Gross. Okay. Public humiliation. Okay. So there was a YouTube thing on... Uh, oh, no. There's an NBC News story. Yeah. About a dad who hung the sign around its, his kid's neck and said, I will no longer poop in my pants or something pooped, like that. I pooped in the shower and my parents had to clean it up and I'll no longer do this. And then he posted it on some social... Uh, networking right. site. Right, so it got to NBC, and then they went to the story about the dad who shot his kid's computer nine yes. times. and I remember that one. I don't because remember anything about that. I remember that one because it was interesting to see it because a lot of people reposted the story, and the majority of the people were like, way to go, dad, way to go, you know, I'd do this too. And um, and again, I think most people are kind of taking it lightly, like they're not really thinking of the implications of shooting your child's computer and what that means. They're they're taking it as a humor story, right? But I think that it's important to really think about what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I feel like um, 
it's easy for us to say, oh, we would never do that. We right. would never hang a sign on our kid. And I would, I would hope that most people listening would never do anything like that. Or there's one more story about a child, and I'm sure this has happened more than once, but the one that I'm thinking of is a child who had to stand in the street and wear a sign that said, um, I steal yeah. and I lie, right. um, so don't trust me, right. or something to that effect. And then that got picked up all right. over the place. So these parents think they're doing something helpful. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, we would never do anything, and we would never do it. And it's easy to point fingers and blame crazy parents, crazy dads, crazy moms. And that's all true. I think they are a little crazy because by definition, you don't do anything like that to your loved one. Right. But having said that, can we look at ourselves a little bit and say, do we do certain things that are not nearly as extreme as that, right. but maybe affect our children by that? And one example I gave to you before we were getting, when we were getting ready for the show is, um, do we sometimes talk about our children when they're in the room as if they're not there? Right. And I, that's not really humiliation, but... Why not? I don't know. I don't know. I, it just doesn't feel right to me. And I know I've done it. I'm sure most people have done it. What but it's doesn't not... feel right to you? The definition of humiliation? No, it doesn't feel right to do that. Oh, well, I'm agreeing. But you said that's not really humil- humiliation. And I said, why is that well, not humiliation? Well, compared to what the you know the dad is putting a, a sign around its kid's neck and, and then taking a picture of it and putting it on the internet versus talking to somebody and not acknowledging your kid. Right. Right? Right. I mean, those are two different things. Well, it is. It's very different. One is more extreme. You know, if you're looking at a, um, what's it called? One end to the other. A line? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, I'm too floaty today. I can't think of words. Um, You know, like a, it doesn't matter. I'll I'll just say this. One is more extreme than the other. Yes. Um, But when your child is present, and I believe we've talked about this on the show before, and you decide- Spectrum? Spectrum. That's it. Thank you. One end of the spectrum and the other. One end is that you would never say anything disparaging about your child ever. And the other end is that you make them wear a sign Mm -hmm. and post them on Facebook. Um, But somewhere in there, we all kind of fall in there. I think even you and I do where maybe we've said or done things, maybe not with intention to harm, but maybe we're trying to be socially um, funny, you know, or we're trying to like, Ooh, let me tell you some about my child, but I can kind of tell, um, sometimes my girls are very forthcoming, like, no, don't tell that story. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I can just tell in their eyes or the way that they kind of cower that I need to stop talking. Mm -hmm. Can you think of times that that's happened? Like, you know, I want to share a story like Skylar, what did you say this morning? And she'll say, I don't want to say, and really it's her story. And we sometimes want to tell the story about our children because it makes us feel good or makes us feel proud or we don't have anything else to say. So we're trying to fill a void with that story. But really, that's not ours to tell. Well, and this might be a little bit different, but this thought just popped into my brain. We used to live on a a different street um, and there were neighbors of ours. And I'm not going to say because we've lived on different streets. Okay. Three or four different streets and then all of ours. Okay. But the mom would be really nice talking to us. And then the minute their kid got out of order, like really soft-spoken and warm. And then the minute that the kid fell out of line for just a second, she would scream at the top of her lungs. Right. And like just verbally, I don't want to say abuse, but... Well, she shifted so fast. She shifted like... It it was like like what I kind of felt like, and I'm sure everybody knows someone like this, so we'll take it off of the person we know and just speak of it in terms of a a type of um, generalization, a generalization or a type of communication where you're talking with someone and they're so kind to you. And then their child says something and it's almost like they're just constantly angry at their Mm. child. Yeah. And they turn around, they say, be quiet. I said to hold on. I said to, you know, it's like this really this harshness where they're more concerned about being kind to you, the stranger Mm -hmm. or you, the kind of friend. Well, I think a lot of times that person will say, will want to 
non-verbally say to the other parent that's close by, I am in control. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. It becomes, that's kind of what I want to get down to is why we publicly humiliate our children. Um, even if it's not as extreme with a sign, why we say things not nice about them in front of other people. And I think we often do it to have that sense of control. Right. And I think we often do it to put them in line. Right. And I'm saying that in quotes, or we do it because we don't have anything else to say. Mm-hmm. Like it, in, and the point is, is let's be more conscious. That's what this is about. Conscious parenting. And aware of why we say the things we do and why we use our children right. in that, you know, in that kind of conversation without respecting well, their needs. I remember um, you. I remember asking you one time that you are an author of two books. Yeah. And I used to ask you, would you ever get nervous when if we're, you're at the grocery store and one of your kids melts down? Yeah. Like here you are supposed to be the self-aware parent because right. that's what you titled your book, right. the self-aware parent. What happens if, you know, because our kids have their share of meltdowns of course. too. I said, how would you react in that situation? And you very calmly said, I wouldn't worry about that at all. What I would worry about is if I felt like I kind of lost it. Right. Then it would look poorly. But, my but kids. for my kid, that's what two-year-olds in grocery stores do. Exactly. So many people have said that to me. Like, aren't you embarrassed to, if you're out in public and your child has a hard time and you're supposed to be the expert? I, first of all... My children are no different than anyone else's children and that they have challenges, just like you said. And number two, it's not what they do. It's my response to what they do. Right. Like you'd be if, embarrassed if you would. If I flipped out and just had one of those times where I like flipped out in public, yeah, that would be embarrassing. But my children aren't the ones who are embarrassing. I'm embarrassing myself. You know, I'm the one who's making the choice to be demeaning or harsh or critical in public. That I'd be embarrassed mm-hmm. of. Um, but I don't think I'd choose to do that. No, I don't, I don't think you would either. In the home. Yeah. But, um, you know, but we all have our moments, you know. Well, and a I've... quick side note is when your kids melt down in the grocery store or the restaurant, I, I've said this on this show before, but it's worth repeating. Just get them out of there. That's right. A and we of... saw a parent do a good job with that the other night when we were at Barnaby's, remember? Uh, yeah. Just yeah. took them and left. She just took them and left. It's not worth, even though you got your yummy pizza ready to go, yeah. sometimes That'd you have to... That'd be hard for you at Barnaby's. It would be, because that's my favorite pizza place. <laughs> Anyways... But yeah, if you just remove them from the situation, like I remember telling a story when I was at the basketball tournament um, this spring, and the dad was just screaming at his kid because the kid was crying and melting down. I'm like, I just wanted to say, Dad, right? Just get him out of there, right? And and deal with him calmly. Or can I give the alternative? What? If you can't get them out of there, sit with them, mm-hmm. hug them. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, rock them, you know, just be there. Right. There are times when maybe it's difficult to lift your child up and leave the room, and maybe there's some reason you can't. I think it's a lot, I think we feel the out of control feeling, and so we get embarrassed and want to stop it. I think we as parents are worried about embarrassing ourselves. Ourselves. At the, at the expense of, of our what kids we do to our kids all the time. Yeah, and, I, and the thing is, is we're not conscious of it, so it's not like, ooh, you guys should feel guilty. It's waking up to that right. and being like, who am I more concerned about in this moment? The, the, te- the checker in the grocery store right now right. and what she thinks of me or my relationship with my child? Right. What's more important? And, and the thing is, as I think you will find, is if you can respond, you know, we've talked about on this show a lot, you know, bringing calm to calm um, or bringing calm to find calm Mm -hmm. and just being there and listening, or if if they're completely out of control, removing them. First of all, you shouldn't worry what other people think, but most people will probably think, well, that was a pretty good choice, you know, versus being harsh and being, um, you know, putting fear on your child or making it sound like, and this is like a public humiliation thing saying, oh, they're like this all the time, or I can't believe this. And this is, you know, it, making that, making it all about your child rather than 
you know, realizing that this is something they need right now. They need your assistance. Well, and like you said, like I said, step one, remove them from the situation. But that doesn't mean once you remove them, then you start berating into no, this kid. No. You, like you said, just hug them and be gentle and listen or just let them cry or whatever it is. Um, I was going to tell another story about, oh, like there's been a few occasions where, Jason, where our, our daughters are like um, wrestling around or whatever. And then one gets hurt at the, like, I'll give you an example. JC and Cameron were wrestling one time, and Cameron really got hurt, and mm-hmm. JC wasn't making the best choice. Mm-hmm. So it's so easy in that moment to just point your finger and at berate JC, right. your disappointment, anger, frustration at JC. But I've used to do that, but now I'm at the place where whenever that happens, because J- the, you know who feels the worst in that room? JC. Not Cameron, not me, not you. Mm-hmm. It's JC. So I go to, like, if we're both home. You'll go to Cameron, and I will just hug JC because I will automatically know that she feels horrible. Her sister, who she loves more than anything in this world, she just pay, played a major role in hurting her accidentally. And what I usually do is if I'm wandering upon those situations is I'll say, I'll look at both of them. I'll say, tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. I want to hear both of your stories. Right. Yes, this is the one who's hurt, but I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what you have to say. Oh, she hurt me. And then I'll look at you know whoever supposedly hurt Tell me what happened from your perspective. And then they'll say, you know, depending on what happens, I'll say, do you think that was a good choice or what can you do differently or what can you say or can you help me hold her? Instead of, because again, what we talk about on the show is the guilt, shame, and fear thing. If you decide that a child hurts another child, especially if they're playing something and it's really an accident Mm -hmm. and you shame them and say, you know, I can't believe you did that or, oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed in you. And it really was an accident. That's something they carry around as right. far as the terms of who they are. Well, and I could see the people listening to the show, and you know, I'll I'll, I'll um, point my finger at the people who have sons because sons are more aggressive. That's okay. just the only way we yeah. could do it. Uh, the people listening might say, "What if it's not an accident? Right. What if they're purposely doing it right. to harm because they got frustrated because they got a toy taken away from? Like, what do you do then?" Well, I would say the same thing. Tell me about what just happened. Well, I pinched him or, you know, that's what's so funny about kids is they usually tell you what happened, Mm -hmm. especially if you're open to hearing it. Mm -hmm. If they've been punished in an extreme situation in the past, they're going to be less likely to open up to you. So this is kind of a, you know, long-term communication thing. If you're able to listen, the more they're going to tell you the truth. Um, But usually, you know, if they say, you know, tell me what happened, what do you think happened? Well, I hit him. Well, I pinched him. Why? Because he was bugging me, Mm -hmm. you know, or because I wanted to win. And then talk about that. Well, tell me about that. He was bugging you. What's something else you could have done? I really don't think it changes how you react. It may be a little more challenging in that you'll get more frustrated. But I really don't think um, making them feel small or making them feel that there's something wrong with them, or making them feel shamed, helps in the long run. It may solve it in that moment and that they walk away sulking, but I really believe... Can I can I share a story? We may need to uh, say something about um, our second sponsor real quick, but I want to share. Sure, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They are a chiropractor, and they... I'm going today. Yeah, I was supposed to go on Saturday, but she was close, so I got to give her some grief. All right. Um, so, Elmhurst, Illinois, if you are in the Chicagoland area, give them a call. Their number is 630-941-8733. Um, and like them on Facebook. That's the one thing I want to mention. Do us a favor because they're starting to get a little more active with their Facebook posts. So, if you like this show, do us a favor and like their Facebook And page. if you go to Tree of Life already, check in when you go there. That's right. That's kind of a cool thing to do. Checking in at places kind of gives them a little more... Um, 
uh, exposure on the internet. Tree of Life Chiropractic, healthy families by choice, not by chance. That's right. All right. So okay. So here's my story. So um, one of my daughters left her um, her jacket at school the other day. She couldn't find it. Actually, she didn't just leave it there. She left it in the back of the school, and then she went back to see if she could find it, and it wasn't there. Well, it just so happens that this daughter has been. She's lost a few things in the last month. I don't like even her know which purse. one we're talking about. Um, well, it doesn't matter. If she's lost her purse, and she's oh, lost I know some who we're talking. Her... I know who we're talking about. Right, now. and so you and I have been kind of trying to talk to her about responsibility. She's very young, mm-hmm. and so this is not something I expect that never to happen. I'm 40, and I lose things, you know. But I'm trying to teach her about responsibility. You're, you're 41. I'm 41. By the way. So she she left this jacket at school, and she got in the car. She said, I can't find it. And I said, you know, honey, I don't really even know what to say because I know the part of my job as a parent is to teach you how to be responsible for your stuff. And there's been like three times when you've lost major things and I don't know how to help you. How can I help you with understanding the responsibility? And she's like, well, you know, I have other jackets. I go, it's not about having other jackets. It's about knowing that's yours and that's your responsibility. And I'm trying to wonder how I can help you with that. Like, should we have you pay for some of, you know, the jacket next next time you get something that you help pay for it? Should we, like, I was throwing out these ideas and she's like, I don't know, I don't know. And I go, okay, well, you think about it. And that was it. We came home, we started homework and her pencil broke. And she ran upstairs. She was mad because her pencil broke. And then she ran upstairs and started sobbing. Oh, wow. And do you think she's sobbing because her pencil broke? No, she's releasing the built-up anxiety about the jacket. She doesn't feel good about losing things. And I think my point is, is that they already feel bad about what they did. And they may try and cover it up with defensiveness. Like, oh, it's no big deal. I have other things. Or I don't care. Or you don't know. Or they may be defensive. But you can guarantee that there is a part of them, especially when they get to around 7, 8, 9, 10, you know, when they start to really understand what's theirs and what's other people's, that they carry a sense of feeling bad and that shaming them about it it doesn't doesn't really do anything except mm-hmm. have them carry around shame. And then when she came back downstairs, I said, I looked at her and um, I said, was that about the pencil or was that about the jacket? And she said, my jacket. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Go to school tomorrow. Ask around. You know, I kind of, we kept a conversation. Like, my point is, is I want to be on her side. Right. I am her parent. And if she did something that deserved a consequence, she'd get it. And, you know, we don't say yes to everything. This is not about being easy on them in the way that I think a lot of parents would assume that that we may be. But it's about, and something like that, how does yelling at her about her coat make it any better? Does that bring the coat back? I think it probably makes that parent feel better that they're doing something instead of just letting their kids be irresponsible. But that's the thing is I think afterwards... You don't feel better. You make you yell at your child. You say, you're so irresponsible. You call them names. Mm. You humiliate them. Even if it's not public, you're mm. humiliating them within the car right. or within your home. And then you get home and you don't feel good. And they don't feel good. And what was gained? That's the conscious part. That's right. the wake up part. What do you think was gained? And if you're like, well, but it doesn't feel right to not say anything. Well, then keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. But you can talk about it from a perspective of I'm not sure what to do. Mm-hmm. And it is disappointing to me when you lose things just because I'm entrusting you with this or this is your responsibility. But you can say that in a respectful way. Right. 
because then maybe they can express themselves respectfully to other people. Mm -hmm. Because let's go on to the next thing about yelling in the home and how that affects kids, because this kind of leads into this. Okay, perfect. So as I've mentioned on the show before, um, I'm part of a men's group that we talk once a month, and some of the dads were talking about, you know, when they have some verbal quarrels with their wives, and... Um, I have certain baggage with that and I love my mom and I love my dad and I know this in the show and they may not want to hear this, but there were times when there were verbal quarrels in our house right? and, um, it affected me and, um, it's no longer an excuse. Like I'm responsible for my own happiness, but I know that it shifted the way I perceive certain things because the, the two people that I love most in this world are yelling at each other. Right. So the thing I said to my guy friends in this men's group is, don't you you i think as adults we forget how spongy and malleable our kids are oh, beautiful and when they're two people that they love more than anybody in the world are yelling at one another it affects them so i'm here to call out all parents who yell at each other stop doing it figure out another way to do it either do it after they go to bed and go outside or pick a, I don't know, go to a park and get a babysitter so you can yell, but stop yelling. <laughs> or maybe find another method of communicating with each other besides yelling, even that, though sometimes you're in the heat of the moment. That would, I get be, it. That would be ideal. Right. Yeah. Figure out to talk nice to another. But if you can't figure it out, right. I'm talking to the ones that can't figure it out. Stop doing it in front of your kids because you say you love your kids, but that is not a loving action. Well, and I think that's, again, going back to the public humiliation thing or, you know, understanding that you're not, you're, you're yelling because you are angry and you need to get your point heard and you're feeling defensive, but you're hurting other people in the room. Mm-hmm. And the people, like everybody, you said, including everybody. yourself and your wife and your kids, like it's a no win. It's a no win. And you'll feel in the heat of the moment you're justified because that's what our ego likes to tell us. I am justified in saying this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes after you release it you're like now i feel better but do you feel better an hour later mm-hmm. has it like brought you closer to the people you love are you really feeling like and if you're feeling like well i won well that's not a great thing either mm-hmm. because when you're in a family unit it's not about being about winning it's yeah. about everybody getting along in a way so i think todd's point is well taken that if you really feel like you really need to have it out do that on your own time away from your children the tricky part though is when you start yelling it's not like it's planned it's not like you plan to have a fight right. it just spontaneously happens and it takes a lot of discipline to stop that in that moment right. because that's the whole idea of emotion emotion is there's no space between how you act to the stimulus that you're responding from. So what can you do differently? You're feeling angry, you're feeling frustrated, feeling disappointed, whatever it may be, and you want to yell, what can you do? I would say if you have no ability to move the fight outside, then one of, you, one of you leaves and goes, runs around the block. Right. Until you figure... Dissipate. Uh, yeah, dissipate. Like decompress the energy in the room. Because the thing is, is when you can get back and talk about it, because a lot of people say, well, that's when I'm ready to talk about it. That's when I'm ready to fight. But you're ready to fight. Yeah. If you can separate from it and they say, okay, let's come back and talk about this, the energy of it may not be as hostile. Right. So you may be able to actually have a conversation. And somebody has to shift. I know. And, and sometimes, know. and you know, that's kind of been something that you've talked about for a long time is... There, there's a system that's set up. And yeah, that's there's dynamic. There's a dynamic that's set up. And I think we're all, not always, we tend to wait for the other person to shift and then I'll shift. Yeah. But they're both thinking that. Right. So how can that... I'll do... Well, she said that to me, so I'm going to say it back. Well, he's going to do it, so I'm going to do it. Somebody needs to make the choice. I actually posted something on our page 
um, a week or so ago saying, you know, the first person to apologize is brave. Mm -hmm. The first person to forgive is, you know, is courageous. Mm -hmm. And the point of that post was it's not about a because someone wrote, why is this a competition? I'm not trying to say it's a competition. I'm just trying to say whoever decides I'm going to apologize first or I'm going to separate from this argument is brave. Mm -hmm. You know, that and maybe the other person then can learn and they can be the next person to do it next time. But someone's got to be grateful first. Somebody's got to choose to not argue first. And if you choose simultaneously, more Mm -hmm. power to you. But usually it's one person. So who's going to do that? And if someone keeps coming at you, you don't have to engage. Mm -hmm. And it's... That's not easy. It's a battle of egos. It, it becomes is. a battle of egos and nobody wins the battle of egos. And not only that, but you're teaching your children how to communicate. Yeah. And that if you argue within your home and not just argue, arguing is one thing where you're like, hmm, I disagree. And yeah, maybe we have, have disagreements. We have disagreements. And that's when, <laughs> that's yeah. when the girls will say, mommy and daddy are fighting. And I say, you don't only <laughs> if you knew how certain moms and dads fight. Because our arguments are usually like, Todd, wait a second. Yeah. You know, I want to say, you know, so it's like we're having a disagreement, but we're always respectful. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a time that we haven't st- walked away by hugging first, you know. Like, well, and I think you're making a lot of people sick to their stomach, like throw you know what? in their mouth. Todd, like, it's the truth. If it wasn't, I mean, if I was just saying that so you guys liked me better, then mm-hmm. I would feel right. silly. But and, and the reason that is, and then we got to shut down the the live part of the show. Okay. The reason that is is because we work, we each work on ourselves, and we've been practicing this for years. Yeah. I'm not saying we never, in our past, maybe in our 20s, fought a mm-hmm. little more, you know, or maybe especially in the early part of our marriage when we first had kids, we probably had some fights. But we have been practicing, and I'm trying to practice what I preach. Right. You know, if I'm going to have fights with you and then go on the air and say, "Hey, don't right. don't argue," that wouldn't be very all right. Uh, our last my integrity. Sorry, our last sponsor. <laughs> Um, Avid Company Painting and Remodeling. If you need any of that stuff done in the Chicagoland area, give them a call. 630-956-1800. 630-956-1800. They're awesome. Uh, and check them out. So now we're going to finish the live part of the show. Yes. But if you feel like listening to more, we're going to go ahead and continue well, on. With continue you. talking about this and Todd's going to share his ridiculous story. Yes, I'm going to do that too. So um, for those of you uh, listening live, adios. Have a good week. So, um, I, I think it's worth repeating. The reason I think our marriage is not perfect, but it's pretty darn close, is because we don't look to each other to make the other to make me happy. It's not your job to make me happy. No, it's not. It is my job to make me happy. Right. And how do I make myself happy? By working on myself. What does that mean? It means something different for everybody. And then the way I love you is I support you as you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. It's not like, it's like, well, isn't marriage about support and, you know, combining efforts? Absolutely. But it's combining efforts to make each other the best we can be. And, and that doesn't mean we don't have disagreements. It just means that that is the disagreement is just a misunderstanding that we haven't, you know, we need to listen to each other. There's something that's not being heard or someone that is not conscious or someone, you know, and, but we're kind of aware of that and that, that I don't, 
ever feel like there's something I can't bring to your attention that you'll hear me out. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think if I bring this to my spouse's attention, they're going to get annoyed at me, angry, and I don't want to deal with it. And you know, that's again, the courageous thing too, is doing it for the first time Mm -hmm. saying, I know this isn't normal. I know that you may get angry, but I need to say this in a kind way, Mm -hmm. not yell, but I need to say this because I want to start making this shift. Well, and for me, I mean, there's times when something needs to be dealt with in that moment, but one thing I would like to uh, help at least tell my take for the wives is wives if you're about to have one of those talks that is kind of heavy and emotional and all that just make sure that you it's at a good time so if the guy is about to sit down for dinner or if the guy is about to sit down and watch a game or if the guy is about to go for a run don't initiate the conversation then and mm-hmm. it sounds small but the timing of it is good and same for the guys mm-hmm. like if the woman is about to go do something or the woman's just not in a good place ask permission when is a good time for us to talk i was gonna say you got to plan these things people think that if something is supposed to naturally happen it'll happen spontaneously like people don't like to you know schedule time for dates or schedule time for sex or schedule time for you know arguments or discussions that's life Mm -hmm. i mean it may not feel like it did in your 20s when everything was you know nice and floaty and you had all this time but life you can get so on autopilot Mm -hmm. that none of those things ever happen you have to schedule it you have to at least make the phone call and say can we talk tonight or can you talk on the phone right, right now? Right. Or, you know, can we have a date on Thursday so we can... And you've got to make those things, I'll say, a priority. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, they'll fall under the radar and then you'll lose track of those things. And that's what builds up and can create resentment. I know. I agree. I agree. I was going to say something else about the whole yelling and parents and all that. I, the only thing that's weird is I remember being a little kid. And I, <clears throat> as I said, there were times when my parents had verbal quarrels. And I thought I was the only kid that that was happening to. Mm. Like, you think, like, you're the only one. Right. And then I remember talking to a few friends of mine and saying, you know, we kind of, like, felt each other out a little bit. Like, do your parents ever, ever fight? Again. And, like, all of them did. Right. And it's so weird because you see your friend's parents as, like, really nice, friendly people. They are. Like, I'm sure that they looked at my parents saying, well, how, how can those two people fight? They're always in a good mood. and Because you, when you're with other children, you put on your best face. Right. But when you're at home, you kind of let your guard down and you right. be who you are. I just remember finding that very weird when I was little. Like, I thought I was the only one whose parents quarreled. I keep using the word quarrel. I know. Where's that coming from? I don't from? know. It's just fight sounds bad. Okay. You know, argued, whatever. Right. Disagreed. Um, disagreed but they like i think almost all of them did of course it's human and that's the thing is you know everybody has arguments Mm -hmm. i I would hope if you're not talking about anything Mm -hmm. if you're never disagreeing then that can be but here's the difference but we talked about the um extremeness of it what i mean by that like i remember talking to my one friend pat and Mm -hmm. i like to your parents like oh my dad he's gets he's he screams and he rages Mm -hmm. and you know it's not like arguing like Mm -hmm. I remember, and I'm like, I could not see him, because I, I knew his dad. Mm-hmm. I could not see him doing that. Mm-hmm. But yet, he wouldn't have made that up. It's right. just weird. Well, and again, you don't know all sides to all people. You may have, you know, there's stories that I hear about people I know well, mm-hmm. and I think, really? They did that, or they said that? So you don't know all sides, and like you said, in the comfort of their own home, you know, their guard is down, and through a child's eyes, mm-hmm. it could look really extreme. Mm-hmm. Where from you, from an outsider, because it's scary when someone you love is, you know, calm and loving and all of a sudden turns into a really angry person. Right. It can seem 10 times worse than an outsider right. looking at That's it. True. Because you're looking at someone you love. And so, and the thing is, is let me say this if you do argue in front of your kids, 
Um, I really think, and you then wake up to what you just did the night before or the hour before. I think it's worthy to go to them and say, you know, we just had a big fight in front of you. And, you know, I just want to apologize for speaking that mm, way in front yeah. of you. Um, or how did, you know, how are you feeling? Did mm. that scare you? Or just letting that, you know, how do you feel? It, it, opening up that conversation because the thing that can really traumatize a child is not being heard, well, it's not so, being listened to. It's so funny you say that because there's a memory etched in my brain. And after my parents had an argument and it was a one of those Big good, good arguments, I remember sitting in my dad's lap and I was crying and I think my sister was in lap with him and my dad was just saying he was apologizing and he's like, I just blew up. I, I remember those words mm. vividly mm-hmm. and that didn't make it okay, but he... Um, you know, he said that. and He it, owned it. He owned it. Yes. And that doesn't mean he always owned it, right. but it, there was a time when he owned it. And, and that's why it's etched. Yeah, because I still remember he, it. Because he owned it, and there, maybe there's a sense of relief mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, at least he sees what's happening. Because I think what's more, more scary for a child is when they see their parents arguing and then the next day nobody talks about yes. it. And it's like nothing happened. happened. Then you're like, okay... Am I crazy? This is messed up. Yeah, this is messed up. And I don't care how old they are. People say, oh, they're two, they're three. They don't oh know. My God. They the, know. The younger, even if the, if the kid is a day old, it feels that energy. Right, it feels it. it, it the, it's not about the brain. It's about the heart and the energy and the feeling of it all. Right. So. Yeah, so with that said, going back and owning what happened even and again maybe not both parties are able to own it but maybe one parent is and just validating that your child could be scared and that i think the thing that todd and i like to talk about is i think arguing and fighting is too normalized and we say everybody does it and you know that's what happened in my home and i think the question is to wake up to is that helping in any way does that make anyone feel good is that something you want to continue doing right. and making the choice to change that? Even if your family of origin did it, even if the people around you normalize it and laugh about, you know, the big fight where they threw things at each other's heads. I don't really think that's funny. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just my perspective, you know, from, you know, that doesn't create deeper relationships. And I think right. that our work in this world um, to get really deep about it is to figure out ways to love each other more. And I, I don't think throwing things at each other is getting us in the right direction. It's about evolution. It is. Spiritual evolution. Mm -hmm. And all I want to do is my parents did the best they could with what they had. That's right. I'm doing the best that I could do with what I have. And we hope our girls girls do the same. And and it's safe to say that I had it a lot better than my mom and dad did when they were younger people. Yeah. And it's safe to say that my daughters have it a lot better from an emotional stability standpoint right. of the when I had it. Right. And hopefully, you know, it continues on. And that's and isn't that the goal, mm-hmm. you know, is to always not have it. See, when people here have it better, they think it means money, stuff, monetary. No. No, it's emotional stability mm-hmm. and um, emotional well-being, self-esteem, knowing who you are, knowing you belong, knowing that you are supported. It's that that gets you through life. It's not the stuff. Yeah. You know, if you're trying to, if you feel guilty about whatever's going on with your home and you're trying to have your kids feel more supported, quote unquote, by giving them things, you're not helping them. Mm-hmm. They just need, they just need that sense of being. And safeness and safety and love and support. And the other thing I was going to mention, and then we should probably get to my tournament of bad. Okay. Is if you do show your kids that you fight, um, show them that you love each other too. That, show them that you make up. Give them kisses. Yes. Show them, kiss your wife in front yeah. of your kids yeah. and hugs and all that. 
because there's nothing more gratifying to see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, full circle. Like mom and dad fight, but mom and dad make make up. up. Exactly. If they only see the fights and then you make up behind closed doors or you don't even want to put yourself out there and, and make up, then that's not doing anything. Well, and that's either. why I gave the example of the thing that you said people were rolling their eyes at is we may argue and be kind of annoyed at each other, but I still like to end with a hug, even if it's not, even if we're still kind of like, well, I don't know if we agree on this because I feel good closing that way because really in the bottom line, even if I'm angry about something or frustrated about something, I still love you. Right. I'm not withholding my love until you agree with me. Right. I'm not withholding my love because I'm right and you're wrong, which is a misperception right. anyway. And, you know, and to have, not only for us to have that, but have your kids see that. Mm-hmm. Then they understand, like you said, full circle. Yeah, comes around. All right. Um, I haven't told my Cami story. Well, I think you should save it because we got to get into Tournament of Bad. Um, yeah, because it's kind of a longer yeah. story. Um, Tournament of Bad. What do I have here? Um, the it's my, my printer cut off. That's too bad. So if you don't have one, talk about Cami. No, no. Here's the deal. Um Weather guys, weather people, weathermen, meteorologists, meteorologists. Yes, I get on my iPhone every day to check what the weather is going to be like, and they're no longer allowed. If if it were up to me, to put the sun and the clouds and the rain in the same day. Well, that makes sense because they can't lose, they can't miss. I want them to put themselves out there and decide whether it's going to be sunny or cloudy. Okay, this is crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. crazy. You want to know why? Why? Because it could be sunny in the morning, rainy in the middle of the day. What is it telling me then? What's the use of that stupid Well, they're trying to tell you that they'll say... How many times is it sunny, rainy, and cloudy in the same day? A lot of days. When was the last day? I don't know. Never. Okay. Well, <laughs> I I think that there are times you can wake up to sun. Yeah. And then it can be cloudy, yeah. and then it'll rain, and that's a, that's a full day's forecast. So I'm just, what my point is is that now because we go on the internet and all we get is a picture. Before we got like a big explanation of mm-hmm. the day because we'd have to turn on the news to see the weather. Now all we get is a picture. So we got to cut them some slack because if all three of those things are going to happen. How do they put that in a picture? It's the easiest job in the world. They can't miss. Oh my gosh. That's my that's my point. Okay. I'm and sure then, there's some media meteorologists out there who would disagree. I would love to hear them disagree. Okay. And then the other thing is what's the difference between effect and effect? Mm. Effect with an A and an effect with an E. I want you to explain that to me because I don't know it. Um, You know what? I often, it's funny because I often look it up when I'm trying to use. um, I think effect with the E is how something is (laughs) affected, like how something, um, how something will respond to something. Okay. Um, And then effect. (laughs) It's the same thing. (laughs) It's not. It's not, you know, sometimes in therapy terms, I talk about um, how someone's affect is, which yeah. is spelled with A, yeah. which that means their their mood and their disposition. Mm-hmm. So I know how to use it in that therapeutic way, right. you know, their affect, the way they come across. Um, but, you know, I'd have to look it up. I think it's too similar. Girl. I think the, the definitions are too similar. What about two and two? That's easy. Okay. That's easy. So my only other thing is, um, this is my awkward moment of the week. Okay. Um, I like to play tag and stuff with the girls at the park a lot. Right. So then this other girl showed up who I didn't know, and her dad was there. And all of a sudden, um, the girl encouraged her dad to play tag, too. So now all of a sudden, we're playing tag. And there's like this awkward moment when we don't like tag one another, but we feel like (laughs) we should. Who, you and the dad? You, me and the dad. Okay. Like, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Like, I feel like 
out of the integrity of the game, I should really try to tag everybody, but okay. I stay away from the dad because he's the dad. Okay. And it's just weird because then there's two adult grown men playing tag Why don't with you have another. both men be it and so both men can chase the girls? Well, that's just not fair. I mean, it's really not fair when I'm the person who's it because I am so fast. It's because ridiculous. Because you're so ferocious and Even fast. with the bad me. Yes. So the awkward tag moments with other dads. Yeah. That's kind of how, you know, sometimes on play dates and stuff, you're just not quite sure right. where to be. That's right. So that's all I got. All right. I think it's good. We went kind of deep today. Well, and we kind of went all over the place. We started talking about humiliation. We got into yelling, but I think that's part of it. Um, Avid? Stitcher Awards. Oh. Um, Did you talk about Avid? Yeah, I already did. Oh, okay. You're not even listening to me. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Stitcher Awards. The only people who listen to us at the 43-minute mark are our True Blue fans. So we're asking our True Blue fans to nominate us as the most original show. So, yes, yeah, so go to our Facebook page or you can just go to stitcher.com and it's there. But basically, all you have to do is like the Stitcher page mm-hmm. on Facebook and then it lets you vote. You can vote every day and I'm doing that every day just to kind of... Mm-hmm. It'd just be fun to win. I don't know what it means. But I don't know either. We, we Maybe use we'll Stitcher, win a million so. dollars. Well, it's not about money, but it'd be about exposure, I guess. Um, so help us out with that. And then you have two books, The Self-Aware Parent Part 1 and 2. Uh-huh. Buy them both for 20 bucks off of your website, kathycadams.com. Yes, and I'm on WGN this weekend. And you're on WGN? 10.20 a.m. on 7.20. And you have no idea what you're talking about. No, not yet, but we'll get there. Bill Mahler's show. Yep. He's a good guy. He is. He's He's wonderful. So that's it. We appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a good week. Mm